we are ready to begin. There we go. Come in and find a seat. Welcome, everyone. Great to see you all here. My name is Alan Dice. I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, we are so glad you're here this morning. Welcome. We believe that God has something specifically for you personally this morning. We're in this theme of teaching right now called Light Breaks Through. And, and our key verse for this, for this theme, Light Breaks Through, comes from Isaiah chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 9 this morning and verse 2. Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Isaiah chapter 9 is, is one of those scriptures that we often hear at, at Christmas time. And two weeks ago, we talked about God's plan, uh, the hope for a Savior. Two weeks ago, the, the key word was hope. And um, God's people in history were in some very dark, gloomy, helpless, hopeless times. God's people were looking and hoping and praying, believing prophetic words for hundreds of years that this great leader, a, a deliverer, a savior was coming. And, and there, were, there was good news. There was good news that, that a savior was coming. There was bad news that it was coming. He was coming. Sometimes it was 700 years, 500 years, 300 years, 200 years ahead. And, and, uh, and, and so the news was, yeah, good news, a savior is coming but he's coming 700 years from now. And the, the, I said two weeks ago that the Old Testament Israelites were a lot like Philadelphia sports fans today, uh, where we, there's always hope, isn't there? There's always hope. Sometimes our hope doesn't get us anywhere, but sometimes there's hope. So I had to, just to honor that this morning, I had to bring along my, uh, my uh, Eagles jersey just to declare that this afternoon, I will wear this and I will have hope. <laughs> and God, God has not made any promises about Philadelphia sports fan, uh, teams, unfortunately. So uh, we can't be in the same place as the Israelites because God had promised. God promised a Savior was coming. God has not promised any uh, uh, championships to Philadelphia uh, fans, uh, even though we want and hope. But I said also two weeks ago that Christians ought to be the most optimistic people on the face of the earth. Why? Because God has promised us and, and God has, has given us promises that we can grab onto, we can claim. And so last week, uh, Pastor Merle preached and, and he was talking about light breaking through with the birth of a Savior. And, and that God is zealous for his kingdom and God is zealous for people. And he, God is uh, uh, energetic. God is zealous for people to come to him and come to know him. And because Jesus called himself the light of the world, but then Jesus also said what? That you, that we are the light of the world and that we should take that light out into, out into a world that may be filled with darkness. So going back to that statement about optimism, Sometimes that's hard to 
really believe that deep down in your soul because we read the news and we and we see what's going on in the world around us and and sometimes it's hard to be optimistic because bad news just continues it's all around us isn't it there's just increase of violence and immorality and and nuclear threats from nations and and it seems like people dream up new ways of being wrong with God, don't they? It just seems like we, we hear new, new ways of, of uh, people uh, coming against what, what God, wants to, God wants to do in, in our world. And, and I'm sorry, I should have said this at the beginning. We have green sermon notes. Uh, if you don't have them, there's some on the back table back there. You, you can just run, up, run back there now and, and get a copy of these if you didn't get one. Um, or someone can uh, pass them out. Todd's right back there. He will pass some out. If you just raise your hand, uh, he would be glad to give you sermon notes. Uh, so wave your hand if you, if you need some. So our theme all the way through these sermons is light breaks through. And today I, I've changed that wording a little bit, and I've said light is breaking through. And... We'll get to, yeah, there we go. Our key scripture, Isaiah 9, 2. And we look at that scripture and we say, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And we have to stop and just, and just explain it very carefully this morning that that great light is Jesus. That great light is Jesus. Jesus is the great light. So if you ever read that scripture and you want to know what that light means, Jesus is the great light. But we, we also look at the world around us and we think, wow, yeah, the light is shining, but it seems like, it seems like the world's getting darker too. It seems like evil is getting darker. And, and my number one point this morning is that darkness continues to get darker. And, and people get all confused about this, and they wonder about the presence of evil in the world and the presence of God, and, and how can an all-powerful God allow evil? How can an all-powerful God allow suffering? Uh, if God is in control, how do you explain the world getting more evil? If light is breaking through, how do we explain the world getting more evil? And, and uh, several answers to that. First of all, it's God's grace that all of us who sin don't get what we deserve. That's what grace is. Grace is not getting what we deserve. Did you ever hear someone say, I want what I deserve. I want what's coming to me. No, you don't want what's coming to you. <laughs> you don't because God's grace keeps that punishment from coming on you instantly. It's God's grace that, that you don't instantly get what you deserve. You don't want what's coming to you. So first of all, it's God's grace that we don't get what we deserve. And secondly, it's God's patience in not bringing judgment on mankind. In fact, the Bible says, 2 Peter chapter 3, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, 
but that all should reach repentance. So God's grace and God's patience are why he hasn't zapped evil out of the world and evil people out of the world instantly. So if God is kind and patient toward lost sinners, which each of us may have been at one time, giving them grace and a chance to come to him, shouldn't we have the same attitude toward lost people around us? Huh? Yeah, if that's God's attitude, kindness and grace and patience, shouldn't we have the same attitude toward people who are lost around us? Yeah, I think a lot of us, a lot of, a lot of times me too, we take up the attitude of Jesus' disciples. In, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples were going through different territories, preaching and teaching and, and bringing the kingdom of God to different areas. And they came to this Samaritan town, Luke chapter 9. You can read it this afternoon. And, and they, they were totally rejected in this, in this village. And what did Jesus' disciples want to do? They said, Jesus, can we call down fire from heaven and just blow up this village completely? Because they, they just rejected us. And we want fire to come down from heaven and blow them up. Did you ever feel like that? Yeah. There, you, you've got neighbors. You've got coworkers. You, you see people happening in our, in our country. It's like, that's just wrong. Lord, would you just bring fire down from heaven and burn them up? Well, is that what Jesus' attitude was? Is that what God's attitude was? No. God is kind and patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to him. Not fire from heaven. So how do we explain the world getting more evil? And, and a, a main scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus tells this parable about the crops. And, and Matthew 13, he, Jesus, put another parable before them, saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in the field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master came and said to him, Master, didn't you sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done, to th done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Less than gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let them both grow up together. That's a key verse here this morning. Let them both grow up together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but rather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into his house. And the disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. It was the phrase that Jesus often used to refer to himself. Jesus referred to himself as the son of man. It was from uh, prophetic Old Testament scripture. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus tells this parable to illustrate a spiritual truth in that 
good and bad seeds, the wheat and the weeds, are both growing up together. And that good and evil are both present and both growing at the same time in our world. And that's not hard for us to realize as we look around our world today. That, yeah, evil is getting more evil. Darkness is getting darker. And, and, and they're both present and growing at the same time. And that's the situation right now. But Jesus also says that's not going to last forever. Harvest time is coming. And, and God is moving ahead with his plan of salvation for the whole world, for the whole universe. It was a plan that was conceived before the world was created. It was a plan that steadily moves ahead and unfolds in time. God isn't confused. God isn't experiencing setbacks. His plan of salvation is steadily moving ahead, is steadily unfolding. I mean, we can see the progress of it. In the Old Testament, God chose a man, Abraham. And then from that, God chose a family, Abraham's family. And then from that, God chose a nation, the Israelites, all with the purpose of bringing forth a savior, a deliverer for the whole world. Through this man, through this family, through this nation would be born Jesus, the Savior and the King. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, He thought, God thought of everything. This is the message translation. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, in Jesus. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. And so we see all of history moving to this point where everything is going to be, what's the verse say, summed up in Jesus. That harvest day is coming, that, that day uh, when, when the universe is brought under the reign lordship, final reign and, and lordship of Jesus. Everything is going to be summed up in Jesus. And, you know, I hear words like that, and I say, wow, that sounds, that sounds great. But I look around in reality, and I say, we're not there yet, are we? And so we see God's kingdom advancing, and we see the church growing in certain areas, but then there are also setbacks for God's, for, for the for Christians, yes. Persecution for Christians, yes, sometimes. Obstacles and roadblocks, yes, sometimes. People, cultures who are no longer even interested in hearing anything about God, yes. Post-Christian cultures and post-Christian nations, yes. But remember the parable of the weeds, because... What I want to tell you this morning is that the darkness continues to get darker, but the light shines brighter. And that's the good news this morning. The rest of it is good news. The light of Jesus is shining brighter than ever before in our world, and it will continue to get brighter. 
because you, you realize, you think back in history, Christianity began 2,000 years ago, and Christianity has been growing and spreading around the world ever since. In Matthew 28, Jesus gave us the, the great commission, go therefore and make disciples of what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know what? A lot of Christians heard that commission. A lot of Christians heard that commission preached to them, and they read it. And a lot of Christians went out and did it, and have been doing it, and are doing it. Believers have been doing that, going out and making disciples of all nations. You think missionaries are a brand new idea? No. Acts chapter 8, the apostle Philip went to Samaria to preach the gospel to those hated people. And Acts chapter 10, Peter starts preaching to the Gentiles. Oh my goodness, that's horrible. Non-Jewish people are going to be Christians. I never heard of that before. Acts chapter 11, Christians plant a new church in Antioch in Syria. Missionaries. Mark, at AD 42, Mark goes to preach in Egypt, in the nation of Egypt. In Acts chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul are sent out as the first official missionaries of the Christian church, AD 47. Paul eventually going in his travels to Turkey and to Greece. The year 52, Thomas preaches and plants churches as far away from the Middle East as India. And the year 60, Paul goes to Rome. In the year 66, this Christian by the name of Thaddeus plants churches in Armenia. In the year 80, the first Christians are reported in the nation of France. And, and the gospel begins going up into Europe and begins going uh, east into Asia and begins going south into Africa. And, and Christianity just begins to spread. The year 100, the gospel was preached in Africa and Algeria. And, and 150, it goes to Morocco and Portugal and goes further in North Africa. And by the year 167, the first missionaries go to Britain. And, and 174, the first Christians are in Austria. By 199, the first missionaries go to China and Japan. And year 200, the first Christians are reported in Belgium and Switzerland. And by the year 313, the Roman emperor has, has legalized and endorsed Christianity. Christianity continues to spread from the Middle East further into Africa and Asia and Europe as far as Russia, as far as Central Asia, as far as China, as far as Japan. Not only that, but work begins in translating the Bible into many, into many languages. And, and beyond, beyond that, missionaries just keep going. And they heard that great commission, and they just keep going. The year 432, Patrick, St. Patrick, goes to, where do you think he went? Ireland as a missionary to preach the gospel to the Irish people. And, and the year 650, the first church is planted in the Netherlands. 
in the year 740, the Irish Christians send missionaries to Iceland. In the year 800s, Cyril and Methodius brothers go as missionaries to Eastern Europe. By the year 900, the first missionaries reach Norway. By, by the year 1000, missionaries actually baptize the king of Sweden as a Christian. By the year 1200, the Bible had been translated into 22 languages. By the year 1300, missionaries arrive in Indonesia. By 1400, the Bible was being printed on a printing press for the first time. First missionaries arrive in the nation of Congo in Africa. By 1496, the first Christians are baptized anywhere in North America. By 1656, the first Quaker missionaries arrive in Boston. And 1690, the first missionaries, this was new, the first missionaries arrive in Texas, 1690. Wow. The light of Jesus has been steadily growing and advancing and shining brighter than ever before in our world. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and guess what? The darkness has not overcome it. So, Point number three is that Christianity will not be stamped out. There's been oppression. There's been opposition. There have been massacres. There, there have been cities burned to the ground and Christians with them. With opposition from cultural forces and religious forces, the Mongols and the Muslims and, and communism and, and many different forces have fought back against Christianity. But guess what John chapter 1 says? The darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness will not overcome it. Christianity will not be stamped out. Yes, there have been setbacks. Yes, there have been persecution. Yes, there are martyrs. And even some missionaries go to other nations with, with, uh, and make terrible mistakes bringing their, their uh, political agendas with them. But then other missionaries from the first apostles who almost all died, were killed, were martyred for being Christians to the likes of Jim Elliot in the 20th century have given their lives for the gospel of Jesus. Jesus said, Matthew 16, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, shall not, shall not prevail against it. In Ephesians 2, won't read it all, but look at verse 21. In whom the whole structure, the church, the kingdom of God, the, the church that Jesus is building, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, grows. It's a, it's a present tense verb. The, the church is growing. It grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built. 
It, it's happening. It, it's continuing to happen. It didn't just happen once, but it's continuing to happen now here as we, as we speak and as we look around the world and as we think here this morning of all the believers in all the nations around the world, our brothers and sisters who are worshiping God in many languages, in many ways, in many cultures, uh, we're together with them. And, and God is, is bringing the structure growing and, and building it together into a dwelling place for God. Ephesians 9, just a few uh, verses after our key verse, of the increase of his God, Jesus, of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's like acceleration that never stops. His kingdom keeps on accelerating faster and faster and farther and further on the throne of David and his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal, Merle brought this out last week, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is zealous, God is passionate, God is excited to do some things. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts is to bring his kingdom and, and to pull as many people as possible and into his kingdom, into faith in Jesus, into relationship with Jesus. His ruling authority will grow and there are no limits to the wholeness he brings. That's what the message says. Jesus' kingdom will never stop growing. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And, and I'm amazed at hearing the stories in different parts of the world, of the ways that God is drawing people into his kingdom. One of the common stories we're hearing coming out of the Muslim world is that, is that Jesus is appearing to many Muslims in dreams as they sleep, and many Muslims are coming to Jesus because, they, because Jesus appears to them in a dream. Uh, one story, a Syrian refugee, uh, his name was Abu Radwan was born into a Muslim family, but after reportedly seeing Jesus appear to him in a dream, everything changed. It was a year and a half ago that Radwan, who is now in Beirut, Lebanon, with his wife and two children, converted to Christianity, an event that unfolded just months after the purported dream. Of course, it was a difficult decision. I was born into a Muslim family, he said. I started going to the church. I believed that Jesus was coming to help us and to save us. Red One's story isn't unique, as there are likely many other Syrian refugees have converted from Islam to Christianity, though the move doesn't come without risk. In fact, Red One said he was recently stabbed while coming out of the church, saying the culprits were Syrians from his tribe who disagreed with his conversion decision. He risks his life if he ever returns to to Syria. Jesus is appearing to people in dreams. Jesus is, is uh, speaking and, and drawing people to himself in, in amazingly uh, unique and creative ways. An Iranian Christian pastor claims that uh, there's a stunning revival underway in his country, in the nation of Iran, where he says the number of Christian adherents has increased from 100,000 in 1994 to 3 million today. Some claim that Jesus has been appearing in dreams. 
and that those visions have helped spark the conversions. Right now you see the results of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Salasafari told CBN News of the situation today in Iran. You can see what the Holy Spirit is doing with people. People are becoming Christians every day, every hour, every minute at a faster rate than at any time in history. I, I forgot to tell you that I put something on the uh, desktop. If you could close the output of um, per presenter and see if that is still on our desktop. Go ahead and close close the output per presenter on the top right corner. Go ahead and output that. Click the output button. search Great Commission 2020. You can all you can all just take a break for a minute. Yeah, global media outreach, click on that. Okay, stay right there. So here we have a live time map of this organization called Global Media Outreach. Global Media Outreach is an online internet missionary organization. They have 5,000 internet missionaries who correspond to people in many, many different languages all over the world. And so they've got these gospel websites uh, that are out there on the internet available to connect with people who are searching for things like, is there a God and, and who is Jesus and, and how can I find hope in my life? And, and then in real time today, we can see on this map things happening, people uh, responding to gospel uh, visits who are searching for, searching for answers to things that are going on in, in their lives. And you can see the number in the blue the blue visits, 158,000 people so far today, just today on Sunday, have have connected with their websites in some in some way. 158,000. Uh, the red one, 16,563, and you see the number keep going up of people who have uh, decided to follow Jesus today, who t people who have become Christians, and then the green ones are the discipleship activity, people who are who are being followed up with and, and who are learning what it means to, to be a Christian and who are learning to read the Bible and, and learning to know how to pray and things like that. So uh, you, can, you can just, it's fascinating to just sit here and, and watch this and see those, especially the red ones popping up all over the world in Asia and in Africa and South America and in the islands of the Pacific and, and realize that, that all over the world people are becoming Christians Right, right now, right now, people are, are deciding to follow Jesus. And, and the, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, just continues to, to grow and flourish and prosper. Uh, we're seeing, we're seeing more, more people come to Jesus now than ever before. And, and 
the cool thing about global media outreach is that that you don't have to you don't even necessarily have to go to a another country to be a to be a missionary you can you can be an internet missionary and and maybe that might be something that that God's calling you to uh, to do maybe you you might have to learn to speak Arabic but uh, uh, then also you you could uh, uh, connect with so many more people and and we see that that the the cool thing about about God and, and the spread of the Christian church is that is that God uses the tools that are ready at hand to see the gospel flourish and prosper. And in the early church, it was Roman roads and Roman communication, Roman civilization that enabled the, the church to grow and prosper and, and to flourish. And, and today it's, it's what? It's communication. It's internet. And, and God can use whatever we have, we have at hand. So thanks, Micah, if you want to get back. Number five, last one. God's kingdom will grow to fill the earth. And, and this is uh, from the book of Daniel, chapter two. This is, this is an amazing story. If you ever um, want, to, want to read uh, some fun stories in the Bible, read the book of Daniel. Uh, and this is the story of, of Nebuchadnezzar who dreamed a dream but couldn't remember what the dream was. And he calls in all the wise people in the kingdom and says, I want you to tell me what the meaning of my dream was. And they said, sure, yeah, what was it? Uh, tell us what the dream was and, and we'll interpret it for you. He said, no, not that fast. You gotta tell me first what I dreamed and then give me the interpretation. And they said, no one has ever asked anyone to do anything like that before. We don't know what you dreamed and he said, you're all a bunch of fakers. Uh, if you don't tell me what I dreamed uh, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to have you all executed. And they all go home in, in fright. And, and overnight, God shows Daniel, who was one of the wise men of Babylon. God shows Daniel what the king dreamed. And God showed Daniel what the meaning of the dream was. Daniel comes to the king and said, you saw, O king, and behold, a great image, uh, the image of a, a man made out of these different materials. This image, mighty and exceeding brightness, stood before you. I'm not going to read all this, but, but the, uh, the, the image, this man, was made up of different materials, and each material signified a different kingdom, different empire in the world. And, and each one of those uh, rose and, and fell in power. And, and they were, you know, it was iron, it was clay, it was bronze, it was silver, it was gold. And then a stone that was cut out by no human hand struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. And the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff and the wind blew them away. So there was no trace. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And in those days... Of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. So we see God prophesying here that his kingdom would break 
down all the other powers and all the other empires, all the other kingdoms, all the other nations of the earth, and the kingdom of God would grow to fill up the whole earth. It would fill up the whole earth, and there'd be no trace left of those of those powers. So God's kingdom will grow to fill the earth. Some time ago, the popular phrase was, what would Jesus do? And I believe this morning, it's not just light has broken through with the birth of Jesus, but light is breaking through today. The darkness may get darker, but the light is getting brighter. And and what would Jesus do? That's good. But it's not just what would Jesus do. It's not what, not just what did Jesus say. It's what is Jesus doing now? And what is Jesus saying today? Because it wasn't just Jesus back then. He's alive today. He's reigning today. He's speaking today. He's leading us today. And part of the reason we're taking 21 days in January to, to pray and to fast is for personal and church direction and, and strategy in hearing the voice of God speaking to us personally and speaking to us as a church and leading us to know how to lead our church and our community into revival, into, into better ways of outreach, into into breakthroughs for our our lives and uh, breakthroughs in our family, breakthroughs in our in our community. So it's not just what would Jesus do, but what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus saying today? And how can we step forward and respond and obey him and what he's calling us to do today? So I have some next steps for you this morning in your in your paper. And and I I just really encourage you to take take those with you today, receive a new heart of hope and courage and faith. As tempting as it is to focus all of our energy and all of our attention on the evil and the wrong and what's wrong with our world around us, I encourage us instead to focus on Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, we can be aware, we can be praying, we can be uh, uh, aware of, of what's what's happening around us, but keeping our eyes on Jesus, listening to hear what he has, what strategy he has to address the darkness around us. Receive a new hope of uh, heart of hope and courage and faith. Number two, <coughs> where is the darkness around you? For which person or nation is God calling you to pray? Would you step up and do that this week? Give someone a word of hope and courage this week. Invite someone to your small group. Invite someone to, to, uh, to Sunday service. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Lord, we thank you for the reassurance that even as darkness continues to get darker, the light of Jesus will continue to shine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are assured that Jesus' kingdom, God's kingdom, will never dwindle. God's kingdom will grow to fill the whole earth. 
thank you, Lord, that the increase of your government and peace will never end. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray this morning for a new heart of hope and courage and faith. Lord, would you fill us with faith and hope and courage this morning? Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. Lord, I pray for open ears through this season to hear what you are saying to each person. Thank you, Lord, for the light that has been poured out into our world. And that light is Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would reflect that light to a world of darkness around us that needs hope and that needs courage and that needs faith. Lord, that we would go and be the light to our workplaces, to our schools, to our communities, to our nation. Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, where there may be some here this morning who have not yet put their faith and trust in you, Lord, we thank you for your invitation to come to Jesus for peace, for forgiveness, for new life in you. Lord, we thank you this morning. We honor you. We praise your name. And we go from here with hope, with courage, with faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I invite you forward. We, we're going to have prayer ministers here to pray with you this morning. If there's anything in your heart, your life, that you'd like someone to pray with, uh, we'll have people here to pray with you. God bless you. You're dismissed.